Good evening, brethren. Welcome to today's episode. And today we are talking about deadbeat men. If you go through our previous podcasts, we had uh, called our mothers, our sisters, our aunties, our daughters to come and we reason together and consider what does it take for a 21st century woman to live a chaste life in a society that is full of temptations and snares. And we had, as we had promised, we said that we also have a podcast whereby we call our fathers, our brothers, our uncles, our sons to come so that we can reason together and consider what does it take to be an upright man in the 21st century. So that's why today we are talking about deadbeat men. Deadbeat men. Kindly note that we are not talking about deadbeat dads or deadbeat fathers. We are talking about deadbeat men. Welcome to this episode. I am your host, Lango Evans. I believe we should begin by defining who a deadbeat man is. And as we have just said, is that we are not talking about deadbeat dads, we are talking about deadbeat men. Actually, as a matter of fact, a deadbeat man, we can have deadbeat men who are not deadbeat dads. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very possible to be a deadbeat man, but not to be a deadbeat father or a deadbeat dad. Uh, but whoever is a deadbeat dad definitely passes on to be a deadbeat man. But let us put this into context and uh, define what we're talking about. The word deadbeat, we can basically say that uh, it refers to someone uh, who, actually when you refer to someone as, as a deadbeat, is that you are criticizing them because uh, you think they are lazy or do not want to be part of ordinary society. So when you call when you call someone deadbeat, you are criticizing them for, for being lazy or do not want to be part of ordinary society. And because we are talking about deadbeat men, we have come to a 21st century whereby the father figures are lost. They are nowhere to be found in the ordinary society. They are nowhere to be found in the ordinary life of their wives. They are nowhere to be found in the ordinary life of their children. Men are lost into gambling. Men are lost into betting. Men are lost into the football craze. They are lost into the stadiums. They are lost in the bars going to catch up which, which are the latest scores from the latest games that have been played. So we find that there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a very huge gap of, of that has been left by men who have been lost by the cares of the world. Not only are, there, are men lost in, in pleasure, but men are also lost. There are some who are, have gone to, to get bread. They have been so much engaged in seeking, in breadwinning, until they have lost their position in the family. They have lost their, their, their position in the, in the life of those whom they were called to, to shape up in the life of their of their children. 
So as we have said that if you refer to someone as deadbeat, you, you, are, you are criticizing them because you think they are lazy and do not want to be part of ordinary society. That is that's a basic uh, definition of, of deadbeat according to, to the dictionary. Also deadbeat, uh, in an informal language, it means lazy or socially undesirable person. Uh, also, when talk about uh, deadbeat, it might also mean a person who makes a habit of avoiding or evading his or responsibilities or, or debts. And, and more so, when you're talking about deadbeat dads, this definition tends to be more forceful compa uh, compared to uh, when you're talking about deadbeat men. Many times when you talk about a uh, deadbeat dad, it always refers to a person maybe who has made it a habit to avoid uh, by of avoiding or evading his or responsibilities of taking care of, of a child. That's where deadbeat comes in. But we're talking about deadbeat men. But a deadbeat man here, we'll take it in the context of someone who avoids their responsibilities. Someone who avoids to be part of the ordinary society. Someone who avoids responsibilities and someone who avoids to be part of the ordinary society. Remember, we also have a responsibility of taking care of ourselves. And there's no way we can take care of the rest who are under the shadow of our care if we are not able to take care of ourselves. So a man who is not able to take care of himself in this, in the context of this podcast is a deadbeat man. And that's what we're talking, we're talking about deadbeat men. Or a man who has is lost and does not want to be part of ordinary society is what in this context is a deadbeat man or, or, or deadbeat men. But also another definition of uh, deadbeat, uh, I think those are uh, those are the most basic uh, definitions that we, we can use. A lazy, idle person, a person who tries to evade paying debts, we have, we have, we have said that. And uh, these are times is used in, in informal as an informal language. So who is a deadbeat man? For us to be able to understand deadbeat men, we have gave uh, a basic definition of who a deadbeat man is. And we have tried to give some of the reasons why to, uh, the 21st century is seeing a group of men who are growing out or are growing up to be to be deadbeat by by being being too lazy to take care of their responsibilities, by being too lazy to take care of themselves. And because they cannot take care of themselves, they have also become too ignorant about taking care of those who were, were given uh, to, be, to be under their care. And I've just mentioned some of the reasons why men are so much lost in this current society. But to help us uh, bring or set this into, into more focus, we are going to do a chapter study and talk about Manoah and Samson. Through the life of Manoah, we'll get what it means to be a man and what it means not to be a man. So through the life of Manoah and Samson, we are going to get what it means to be a man or what it means not to be a man. We know very well, and this is basic knowledge, that uh, Manoah was the father of Samson. Manoah was the father of Samson. And uh, by having an understanding of the character of Manoah, we can have the understanding of what a man or who a man is supposed to be. By having an understanding of the character of the son of Manoah, who is Samson, we are going to have uh, to set into perspective what are some of the things that have made men from being faithful men and, and responsible, men, responsible men to become deadbeat men. 
we know very well when we talk about Manoa, when we talk about Manoa, we know very well that uh, that one, uh, we get it in the book of Judges, chapter number 13. Uh, if we read from verse number 1, it says, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for forty years. Verse number 2 says, And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bare not. And from that text alone, we already get the definition of who a man is supposed to be or who Manoah is. Because having an understanding of who Manoah was will give us an understanding of who a man is supposed to be. So here we find that Manoah had a wife that was barren. Manoah had a wife that was barren. But in as much as Manoah's wife was barren, he did not go round and about to seek other women so that he can get a child. Because he says, And there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bare not. Though she was barren, though she did not have the ability to give birth, she was still his wife. But look at the some of the 21st century men. If the wife will not be able to give birth, they will go after other, to get to add a second wife. They'll go after polygamy, saying that as a man, I cannot have my, my proud uh, degrade, my, my pride degraded. I, I need a son. I need, I need to see my seed. So they'll, they'll walk about, go seek uh, someone to have a child with. Not only in the world, but even in the church. We find men, maybe whom, because we know very well that some uh, these things, maybe they are, they are not planned. Because very well, as we are told by God, that go ye and fill and fill the earth when man was was created. So many times, uh, or oftenly, uh, men get into the marriage relation with the expectation that the blessing of filling the world will will happen or will be realized in the in the marriage relation. But there are times, according to the to the will of God, whereby this cannot be to be realized. But that should not be an excuse to go and seek after other women because we find there were men like here Manoah he we, we get object lessons of who a man is in as much as the wife was barren he stuck to the wife he stuck with the wife he stuck with the wife then because they were prayerful people because we know very well that at this time uh, actually if you just if you if you just read from verse 1 it says and the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord and the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines 40 years so at this time, the Israelites, there was a general declaration. But we get very well that amid the general declaration, the family of Manoah was one of the families that still remained faithful amid the general declaration that was seen amongst the Israelites back then. So who is, who is a man? A man is someone who has one wife, whether the wife is barren or whether the wife gives birth. A man is one who is faithful amid all the general declaration. And since we are talking about deadbeat men, and we have seen that some of the reasons why men have, 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 have let off their responsibilities are, are the cares of, of this life. So in this context, a true man is a man who will still be considerate of his responsibilities. Even if other men have been lost in the bus. Even if other men have been lost with the football craze. Even if other men have been lost, lost into the, the betting craze and, and they are they are, they are betting off their, their fortunes, is that a man is one who will remain faithful the way Manoah was faithful. Number two, we repeat, is that a man will be one who has one wife. And there's no justification for that. I think as we shall be continuing to talk about men, 
we shall also talk about uh, polygamy because many times people will try to justify polygamy by using the life accounts of Abraham, by using the life account of, of David, and by using the life account of some of the faithful men who we find in the word of God who at one point or another had more than one wife. We, we, shall, we shall look that, uh, at that uh, in-depthly and find that these people, when they had uh, extramarital affairs or when they were in a polygamous relation, it was at a time whereby they had not fully come to God. But you go find very well is that these people, once they fully come to God, once they fully surrender and they, 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 they repent of their sins, they are not brought out as, as polygamous, but they are brought out as monogamous, monog uh, monogoma, mono, 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 monogamous, monogamous. Is it monogamous or monogamous? Let us just let me just confirm that, <laughs> so that I mon, monogamy. Someone who is mono monoga monogamy, yeah, monogamous. Yeah, once they had met Jesus Christ. Once they had given their life to Jesus Christ, they became monogamous. But that is another topic for another day. So Manoah was a faithful man. A man is one who is faithful. A man is one who is faithful. A man is one who has one wife, even if she is barren, as we have found in the life of Man Manoah, as we have found in the life of Manoah. We just confirm something. There's something in the book of Proverbs, chapter 20, verse number 6. It also talks about men. It says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Most men will proclaim their goodness, but a faithful man who can find. And that's what we are considering this wonderful evening. Who is a faithful man? Because everyone will say how they are good. And remember, goodness is not Christianity. Goodness, morality is not Christianity. There's no way you can replace morality with Christianity. Christianity is a whole new different thing compared to morality. Someone can be very moral, but not a Christian. But every Christian also has good morals. So Proverbs 20 verse number 6 says, Most men will proclaim everyone is good, his, his goodness, but a faithful man who can find. So more uh, other than just talking about goodness, because <laughs> this verse puts into perspective uh the life of, of an ordinary 21st century man, they, they'll say how good they are. They'll say how, what, what good they have done. They, they'll, they'll, they'll pride about the much that they have done to the society, the much they have done to people. But other than that, what are they faithful? Is such a person faithful? And we know very well that the just man, the man who is faithful, is a man who walks in his, in, in his integrity. And his children are blessed after him. And there's no way the children will be blessed after him if such kind of a man is a deadbeat man. <laughs> Remember, we are not talking about deadbeat dads or deadbeat fathers. We are talking about a deadbeat man. So the question was, who a faithful man who can find? And we have found that a just man walketh in his integrity. So a just man is, 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 has integrity. Manoah had integrity. What is integrity? To stick to one wife. To stick to one woman. Though she is barren, that is the wife. So we find that Manoah, from how he related to his wife, already we are forming shape of who a faithful man is. A faithful man is. So uh, we find very well that as you continue, we had read verse 1. Uh, then if you go to verse number 2, that was the book of Judges, 
chapter 13 it will give us another object lesson from the life of Manoah it will give us another object lesson from the life of Manoah verse number 2 said and there was a certain man of 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 Zora of the family of the Danites whose name was Manoah and his wife was barren and bare not and the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her behold now thou art barren and bearest not but thou shalt conceive and bear a son now therefore beware i pray thee and drink not wine no strong drink or eat anything clean. <laughs> Verse number three says, "Thou, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son." And I'm sure even if she was she 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 was told that she would conceive and bear a daughter, Manoah will stick will will still have stuck to to her. In the 21st century, how many men have left their wives just because they have daughters? How many men have sent away their wives just because they have daughters? How many men have disowned? their seed just because they are daughters something that human beings maybe have no control on over human beings have no say because we pray for children god gives children and we find that there are very many who have neglected their wives just because they they have daughters so manoah given how he is introduced even if the wife would have been told thou shalt bear a daughter she would not have chased her away she would have stuck by her because he was a man he was not a deadbeat man now therefore beware i pray thee and drink not wine these are the instructions which are being given uh, to the mother nor strong drink or eat anything unclean for lo thou shalt conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head for the child shall be another right unto god from the womb and he shall begin to deliver israel out of the hand of philistines then the woman came and told her husband saying a man of god came unto me <laughs> A man of God came unto me. Look at how she describes the divine messenger that has brought that, that had brought the message. A man of God came unto me, and this countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God. And just from that, because we know very well that if you go to study, you'll find that the person that 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 brought this message was none other than Jesus Christ. But she says that the uh, a man of God came unto me, and what is the countenance of a man? And his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God. That describes a man. A man is one whom, when you look at their countenance, you see nothing else, but you see a divine shadow over them. You see a divine presence below, uh, uh, hovering over over them. You see the. You see when you when you when you look at their face, you don't see immorality, you don't see polygamy, but you see the countenance of an angel of God. You see the peace of heaven in their face. So she says, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God, very terrible. But I asked him not whence he, he was, neither he neither told he me his name. Verse 7, but he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and now drink, and now drink no wine, no strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be another right to God from the womb to the day of his death. Verse 8 gives us another object lesson about Manoah. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O my Lord, let the man of God, which thou didst send, come again unto us and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. He had interest in in the desire that heaven had over this child. He had interest. That is a man. A man who considers to know, how shall my children grow? What is required of them in this world? What is required of them by, by heaven? 
Because Manoah considers and he entreats God again and says, send back the angel again so that uh, he can tell me, he can repeat what he had said to the woman. And we find that the woman sought her husband, had sought her husband, and after describing the angel, she repeated his message. And Manoah was willing to listen because he's a man. He listens. A good man listens. Manoah listened very keenly. So the woman sought her husband and after describing the angel, she repeated this message. Then after repeating the message, then, then fearful that they should make some mistake in the important work committed to them, the husband prayed. The husband prayed. A man who is not deadbeat is one who prays. A man who knows that they have the responsibility of taking care of a child in this sin-sick world is a man who prays. Deadbeat men don't pray. So then fearful that they should make some mistake in the important work committed to them, the husband prayed, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us and teach us what, shall, what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. A man is a man who desires to know what they need to do to the children that are born under their care. That is a man and that is not a deadbeat man. We are talking about deadbeat men. So when the angel of the Lord appeared again, Manoah's, uh, Manoah's anxious inquiry was, how shall we order the child and how shall we do unto him? Dear men, do you always sit down to consider how you shall order your child and how, and, and how you shall do unto, unto your children? Because that is a man that is not deadbeat. That is a man who knows that they have got some responsibilities to do. And look at the question that he asked. Let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us. And when the angel again appeared, Manoah's anxious inquiry was, How shall we order the child? And how shall we do unto him? And because of the anxious inquiry that he had, because he had also prayed, the previous instruction was repeated, and was told of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. Of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. So the angel here gives Manoah the responsibility of taking care of what the woman shall do, because he tells him, that what I told the woman, let her beware that she follows it. So who was given the responsibility to consider if the woman will follow that? It was the man. How many men, when their wives get pregnant, they get lost into the bus. They get lost into the brothels, but not so with Manoah. Then, she may not eat of anything that cometh of the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. So we know very well that God had an, had an important work for the promised child of Manoah to do. And because God had an important work, Manoah also took it upon himself to have to be part of this important work in the life of the child. Are you part of the life of your child? Do you consider what shall be with them? But how shall we consider this if we are lost in stadiums? But how shall we consider this if we are lost lost in betting farms. But how shall we consider this if we are lost in the house of slave queens? But how shall we consider this if we are lost for in, in, in the houses of, of, of wine and, and math and revelry? So we find that uh, God had an important work and uh, this instruction is, uh, the instruction was given as we have, we have said. And uh, it talks about what was commanded to her 
and that she should observe. So here, we find that the child will be affected for good or evil by the habits of the mother. The child will be affected for evil or for good by the habits of the mother. And the father here was entrusted with the work of considering that the mother does not walk in evil paths that will affect the child. She must herself be controlled by principle and must practice temperance and self-denial. And remember, the angel told uh, Manoah to, con- to, to make sure that the wife follows all that she was commanded and in, in that, uh, to, to make sure that the woman uh, of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. That is a charge that is given to Manoah. And now here, uh, we know very well that according to the instructions that were given to the woman, she must herself be controlled by principle. So a man is one who ensures that the wife is controlled by principle. That the wife is controlled by principle and must practice temperance and self-denial. That is a man. A responsible man will have to consider that the wife walks in a path of principle. The wife practices temperance and self-denial, which means that a deadbeat man is a man who will lead the wife in paths where there are no principle. And it saddens that there are some men who go with their wives to the to drink alcohol. To drink alcohol. They introduce them to a life of profanity. That is a deadbeat man. Because a man is one who will ensure that their wives are controlled by principle. There are some men who take their wives to the, to the clubs. They go to dance their souls out. So, the wife of Manoah must be controlled by principle, must practice temperance and self-denial. So, while this shows us the character of a woman, but also the man was to ensure that this woman walks in this path. And the best way that the man could do that is by example, by setting a good example, by ensuring that he is also a temperate man, he is also controlled by principle, he also lives a life of self self-denial. Now, she must herself be controlled by principle and must practice temperance and self-denial if she will seek the welfare of a child. Unwise advisors will urge upon the mother the necessity of gratifying every selfish, every wish and impulse. Unwise advisors. And we find that a man like Manoah is not numbered amongst unwise advisors who will always urge upon the mother the necessity of gratifying every wish and impulse. So we find that unwise advisors, this is Patrick's and Prophet, page 561, paragraph 1, that unwise advisors will urge upon the mother the necessity of gratifying every wish and impulse. But such teaching is false and mischievous. The mother is by the command of God himself placed under the most solemn obligation to exercise self-control. The mother is by the command of God himself placed under the most solemn obligation obligation to exercise self-control and one of the person that was also given an obligation to see to it that the mother exercises this solemn obligation was the man so a man who is not a deadbeat man a man who is responsible is one who will ensure that the wife considers the most solemn obligation to exercise self-control so and fathers as well as mothers are involved in this responsibility and Manoah was involved in this responsibility. And so should any other man who is not a deadbeat man. 
So both parents transmit their characteristics, mental and physical, their dispositions and appetites to their children. Both parents transmit their own characteristics, mental and physical, to their dispositions and appetites to their children. So, dear man, please know that according to, to divine uh, inspiration, is that as a man, you will transmit your characteristics, mental and physical, and your dispositions and appetites to your child. And that's why a true man, a real man, is a man who has self-control, is a man who has mental vigor, is a man who, is, who has a physical, uh, who, is, who is not lazy. <laughs> and remember when we were defining deadbeat men, we say that a deadbeat man is one who is, who is lazy. A man should not be, be lazy. A man should not be lazy. So the question to the 21st century man outside here is that what characteristics will you pass to your children? Because according to divine inspiration is that both parents transmit their own characteristics. Are you a drunkard? Would you wish your children to be drunkards? Are you, do you have mental stamina? Do you have a, a mind that has divine touch? Would you like your children to have a mind that has divine touch? Then you should set that by how you live your life. So as a result of parental intemperance, children often lack physical strength, mental and moral power. Many children, more so in this, in this generation that is living before the second coming of Jesus Christ, we have seen very many children who lack physical strength, who lack mental and moral power. And while this might be accused, to the rough society, the problem begins at the home because fathers are absent. But how will you impress upon your children physical strength, mental, and moral power while you are lost in the stadiums? There are men who are so lost in the football craze that they don't know even the, the name of their children. They'll have to recall the name of their children, but they cannot, it does not take them a a microsecond to recall the name of a whole team in a, in a stadium. So as a result of parental intemperance, children often lack physical strength and mental and moral power. Liquor drinkers and tobacco users may and do transmit their insatiable craving, their inflamed blood and irritable nerves to their children. So sad that some deadbeat men smoke in a house whereby the woman is pregnant. Some deadbeat men drink in a house whereby children are. And we find that these characters are transmitted to the children. And when these children are grown up and they grow with these characteristics, then they'll be the first ones to lament of how the world is rough while they set these examples in their very own houses. There are some liquor drinkers who will take their wives out to go and drink with them. So sad, a man taking the wife out to go and drink with them. So, the licentious often bequeath their unholy desires and even lots some diseases <laughs> as a legacy to their offspring. This is a very solemn. This partisan prophet, page 561, that some licentious parents or some licentious men often bequeath their unholy desires and even lots some diseases as a legacy to their offspring. So the best legacy that deadbeat men will leave to their offspring is licentiousness. Is, iniqu is iniquity, is, is a, a life of an adulterous life because they see these things, because they follow the example. If the parent sh has shown that there's nothing wrong with drinking, 
they'll also go ahead to drink. If the parent has shown there's nothing wrong with being polygamous, they'll also go ahead to become polygamous. If the parent has shown that there's nothing wrong of sleeping out in the brothels, they'll also follow the same path. That's why the licentious often bequeath their unholy desires and even lots some diseases as a legacy to their offspring. And as their children have less power to resist temptation than had their parents, the, ten the tendency is for each generation to fall lower and lower. And generations are falling lower and lower. Generations are falling lower and lower. Watch your primetime news. Have you not seen 13-year-olds, teenagers, slitting the throats of others because of, of love triangles? Teenagers killing others because of love triangles. Where did they learn this? Some of these people have learned this in their very own homes. A place whereby they were supposed to be brought up in the most upright manner. So you find that uh, the tendency for a generation to fall lower and lower is thus conceived. To a great degree, parents are responsible not only for the violent passions and perverted appetites of their children, but for the infirmities of the thousands born deaf, blind, diseased, or idiotic. That's a very strong statement. Why, why, why has divine inspiration said this? When the mother was, uh, was, had conceived the child, she was given instructions regarding to her health that she needed to, to follow. And the reason why God was concerned with the health of Samson's mother the reason why God was is concerned with the health of every other mother is that so that infirmities, we don't find infirmities in society whereby thousands are born deaf, blind, diseased, or idiotic. I'm sorry to say that most of the children that today have been born deaf, blind, diseased, or idiotic is because of the irresponsibilities of the parents eating unhealthy food while pregnant, not taking care of the body. And these infirmities are seen because Patrick's and Prophet says to a great degree, parents are responsible not only for the violent passions and perverted appetites of their children, but for the infirmities of thousands born deaf, blind, diseased, or idiotic. That means that thousands of mothers, thousands of, of, of fathers, have not take in, took into consideration to follow after the divine pattern whenever they conceive a child and ask themselves, how shall this child be? How shall the life of this child be? This is in terms of matters diet and this is in terms of um, uh, matters of personal health. How is a mother's health? So the inquiry of every father and mother should be, what shall we do unto the child that shall be born unto us? That should be the inquiry of every father. So uh Man who is not deadbeat is a man who shall inquire what shall be, what shall I do unto the child that shall be born unto us. But when will you consider this when you are always drunk? When will you consider this when you are always drunk? When will you consider this when you are always lost in, 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 betting, in betting games? So the effect of parental influences has been by many lightly regarded and thousands upon thousands have lightly regarded the influence of, of prenatal influences. The effect of prenatal influences has been by many lightly regarded by the instructions sent from heaven to those Hebrew parents and twice repeated. Why did they repeat? Because it was important. So, the instruction that was sent from heaven and this instruction has been sent to every home 
This instruction has been sent to every father. And the question, the inquiry of every father should be, what shall we do unto the child that shall be born unto us? And we have seen that in instances whereby may, may, many have lightly regarded this, we have seen violent passions, perverted appetites have been passed to the children. And thousands have been born deaf, blind, diseased, or idiotic. Even diseased uh, when it comes to, to morals, not only physical disease. So, but the instruction sent from heaven to those Hebrew parents and twice repeated is the most explicit and solemn manner. In the most explicit and solemn manner shows how this matter is looked upon by our creator. Yeah. So, deadbeat men, this evening, remember that God considers these things in a very explicit and solemn manner. Because that's why he twice repeated this in the most explicit and solemn manner. And it shows how this matter is looked upon by, by him. So the lessons of temperance, self-denial, and self-control are to be taught to children even from babyhood. And that's why absentee fathers, deadbeat men, we have to be present. You have to be present. They have to be present to teach lessons of temperance, self-denial, and self-control to the children from babyhood. Because if this is not taught, just remember what we have we had, we had read, that thousands have not only been born, but have turned deaf, blind, diseased. We find that the appetite should always, the appetite should always be in subjection to the moral and intellectual powers. The body should be servant to the mind and not the mind to the body. And who is a deadbeat man? A deadbeat man is a man whose appetite is not in subjection to the moral and intellectual powers. The body should be servant to the mind and not the mind to the body. And very many men have left their, their minds to be subject to the body. They'll do what their body pushes them to do even if they know it is wrong. Manoah was a man whose body was servant to the mind. And that's why, in as much as the wife was barren, he did not go out to look for other wives. But what about the 21st century man whose, whose mind is subject to the body? They'll go out and, and, the, and fulfill the desires of the body. But a true man is a man whose, I'll repeat that, the, whose appetite should ever be in subjection to the moral and intellectual powers. And when their appetite is in subjection to the moral and intellectual powers, they are not men who are given to wine. In as much as their appetite will try to push them to go and grab a bottle, they'll say, no, my moral and intellectual powers do not allow me. They'll have the moral and intellectual powers to resist that. They are men whose body are servant to the mind. And these are mind, which is the mind of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says that let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Unless you have the mind of Christ, your body will always, uh, will always, uh, your body will, will always rule the, the mind. Now, we know very well that uh, the son of Manoah was Samson. And uh, from the life of Manoah, we have got object lessons of who a man is. And the divine promise to Manoah was in due time fulfilled in the birth of a son, to whom the name Samson was given. And we find that as the boy, the boy grew, it became evident that he possessed extraordinary physical strength. And this was not, however, as Samson and his parents well knew, dependent upon his well-knit sinews. 
but upon his condition as a Nazarite, of which his unshorn hair was, was a symbol. But we find that, had Samson obeyed the divine commands as faithfully as his parents had done, <laughs> uh-huh. had Samson obeyed the divine commands as faithfully as his parents had done, his would have been a nobler and happier destiny. But we find instances in the life of Samson whereby he does not obey the divine commands as faithfully as his parents had done. We find in Samson a man who is unlike Manoah. That's why from the object lessons that we have looked in the life of Manoah, we find a template of who a man is. And from the object lessons that we shall find in the life of Samson, while he was on the downward path to sin, we find the life of who a deadbeat man is. So we find that, but association with idolaters corrupted him. So a deadbeat man will always be corrupted by his association by idolaters. And where are these idolaters found? In, in, in parties, in party after party. Mm-hmm. But association with idolaters corrupted Samson. The town of Zora being near uh, the county of the Philistines, Sam- Samson came to mingle with them on friendly terms. Who are your friends? Dear man, who are your friends? Inasmuch as you mingle with them in friendly terms, whom do they worship? Who is their God? What is their character? What is their moral and intellectual power? Do they have the mind of Jesus Christ? Because we find that uh, Samson, had he obeyed the divine commands as faithfully as his parents had done, his would have been a nobler and happier destiny. I know very well that Maybe I'm speaking to a man whose life would have been noble and happier. There are very men whose lives today are not op- noble and happier because of the kind of associations that they have, associations which have corrupted them. So by the town of Zora being near the county of the Philistines, Samson came to mingle with them on friendly terms. Thus, in his youthful intimacies sprang up the influences of which darkened his whole life. There are very many men today who their intimacies have sprung up and the influence of which has darkened their whole life. But that's why we are having this podcast, that however far you have fallen, however deep you have been held by the chains of a destiny that appears not to be happy, Christ is always there to give us a second chance. So a deadbeat man is a man who will follow this path that Samson was following. Mingling, though on friendly terms, with idolaters with who will corrupt them. A young woman dwelling in Philistine town of Timna engaged Samson's affection and determined to make her his wife. Though this was contrary to the will of God, Samson determined to make this woman his wife. To, this to his God-fearing parents, uh, we know, who endeavored to dissuade him from his purpose, his only answer was, she pleaseth me well. And that is the character of a deadbeat man. This is a man who will follow a path that is not right. Though he'll be, people will try to dissuade them from such kind of a purpose. They'll say, no, it pleaseth me well. And that's why we say that a man is a man who listens. The way Manoah sat down to listen to the wife. The way Manoah sat down to listen to the divine messenger that had come down. But Samson, we find a different character whereby even though the God-fearing parents tried to, 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 to endeavor to dissuade him, he did not listen. So a man is someone who listens. 
to God-fearing people is someone who listens to those who decide who 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 try to dissuade him from his purpose and path of destruction. So a listening man. But once you stop listening, you start engaging the path to being a deadbeat man. So the parents at last yielded to his wishes and the marriage took place. How many times have people tried to dissuade you from a wrong path, but you insisted on having your way and they left you? And today you are at last, at last, they will yield to your wishes, but it will take you to a path whereby your life is not noble and your destiny is not happy. You don't have a nobler and happier destiny. But Christ is calling back today, calling you to a path whereby you listen, calling to your path whereby you will have a mind that is the mind of Jesus Christ. And we find that Samson, that just as he was entering upon manhood, the time when he must execute his divine mission, the time above all others when he should have been true to God, Samson connected himself with the enemies of Israel. And many times in this life, when you are just at the peak of manhood, a time whereby you should execute your, your dream, a time whereby you should execute your divine mission, a time whereby you should execute your responsibilities, you get that because of one thing or another, you, con- you have connected yourself to the enemies of Israel, you have connected yourself to the enemies of, 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 of God, you have connected yourself to the enemies of progress. So Samson did not ask whether he could better glorify God when united with the object of his choice. So the choices that you make as a man, do they tend to glorify God as a man? Because a man who makes choices which not glorify God is a deadbeat man. So Samson did not ask whether he could better glorify God when united with the object of his choice and whether he was placing himself in a position where he could not fulfill the purpose to be accomplished by his life. In whatever you do as a man outside there, do you consider, do you care to ask whether you are placing yourself in a position where you can fulfill the purpose to be accomplished by your life? So a man is someone who has a purpose to be accomplished by his life. So sit down, sit back and reflect. What is the purpose that is to be accomplished by your life? So to all, to all who seek first to honor him, God has promised wisdom, but there is no promise to those who are bent upon self-pleasing. A deadbeat man is a man who is bent upon self-pleasing. And we talk about bent upon self-pleasing. This is a man that hates counsel. This is a man that hates those who try to dissuade him from a path of destruction. And how many are pursuing the same course as did Samson? Look at the 21st century man. How many men are persuading the same course as did Samson? How often marriages are formed between the godly and ungodly? Because inclination governs in the selection of husband or wife. The parties do not ask counsel of God, nor have his glory in view. So as a man, and when it comes even into entering the marriage relation, or when it comes to the marriage relation itself, we should always consider what is the desire of God. What is the wish of God? What is the will of God? We should ask counsel of God. And again, you see this thing repeating counsel. Counsel. 
So Christianity ought to have a controlling influence upon the marriage relation, but it it is too often the case that the motives which lead to this union are not in keeping with Christian principles. And we know very well that in this world that you are living, Satan is constantly seeking to strengthen his power over the people of God by inducing them to enter into alliance with his subjects. And in order to accomplish this, he endeavors to arouse unsanctified passions in the heart. A deadbeat man is a man who has unsanctified passions in the heart. And it's only Christ who can deliver us from these unsanctified passions. And because of being someone who is strong-willed, who does not want to listen to counsel, we get that the wife to obtain whom Samson had transgressed the command of God proved treacherous to her husband before the close of the marriage feast. That is during his wedding <laughs> or the marriage feast in this context. During the marriage feast, this wife proved treacherous to Samson even before the close of the marriage feast. And that is the danger of seeking after people who don't have God in their hearts, who don't have God in their minds. Because he is very clear that the wife to obtain whom Samson had transgressed the command of God proved treacherous before the close of the marriage feast. When we say that she proved treacherous before the end of the marriage feast, or let us put it in, in the modern day context, where the marriage feast is a wedding. And he is a man who goes and gets married to a wife contrary to the will of God. And on the very wedding day, this wife proves to be treacherous even before the end of the wedding. <laughs> she might prove to be treacherous by how she comes adorned on the wedding day by how she behaves with other people on the on the wedding day by her talk and by by actually by her conversation and i'm sure this woman how what is this that made samson so incensed in in incensed at her perfidy that samson forsook her for the time remember samson forsook her for the time her perfidy alone made Samson forsake her for a time. Why? Because he was a man who regarded himself as strong-willed. Strong-willed in the context that he did not want anyone to, to dissuade him from the path that he had taken. And it proved treacherous to, to him. Many times, very many men have entered into trouble just because they did not follow after godly counsel. They did not listen to the divine voice. So Samson was incensed at a perfidy. And Samson forsook her for the time and went alone to his home at Zora. And we find that when afterward relenting, he returned to his bride, he found her the wife of another. <laughs> this is very interesting. On the wedding day, putting it in the modern context, the perfidy of this woman incensed him. He left, but afterward returning, he found this woman the wife of another. So, brethren, what are we saying? is that uh, afterward we get Samson uh, getting engaged in, in a revenge mission and we find that his revenge in wasting of all the fields and the vineyards of the Philistines provoked them to murder her, although their threats had driven her to the deceit with which the trouble began. So these are women who had been, she was influenced. They had threatened her. Remember, Samson mingled with the enemies of Israel 
and this woman that uh he was married to was under the influence of others was under the the threat of others so the woman that you tend to marry this to the unmarried who influences them is it the devil or is it god because here if the enemies of god were influencing her they knew that if they would overcome samson then they would have got much gain uh, when it came to the controversy that they had with the with the israelites and the devil knows that's why he's in the business of matchmaking and he will try to match people with those whom he can easily control so as a man that whom you purpose to how to settle down with who is controlling her wishes is it god or is it the devil and uh, samson we know very well that samson already given evidence of his marvelous strength by slaying single-handedly a young lion and by killing 30 of the men of askelon and uh, you go and read about the the battle so had the israelites been ready to unite with samson and follow up the victory they might at this time have freed themselves from the power of the oppressors but they had become dispirited and cowardly the israelites they had become dispirited and cowardly a man is not dispirited and a man is not cowardly and they had neglected the work which god commanded them to perform in dispossessing the heathen and had united with them in their degrading practices tolerating their cruelty and so long as it was not directed against themselves even countenancing their injustice and uh, when themselves brought under the power of the oppressor they tamely submitted to the degradation which they might have escaped had they only obeyed god there are so many degradations man that you can easily escape only if you had obeyed god but this evening you ought to escape from such degradation because it is not the joy of heaven to see a man who is tamely submitted to degradation just because they have refused to listen to the will of god even the lord raised up a deliverer for them they will not infrequently desert him they would not infrequently desert him and unite with their enemies but we find that the path the downward path that samson had taken it led to another wrong another wrong another wrong and another wrong but one wrong step prepares the way for another that is something that we know and very dead bit men there were men who were upright in society there were men who were honored in society there were men who were respected in society there are men who are listened to in society but because they followed one wrong and that one wrong step prepared a way for another and prepared a way for another and prepared a way for another until today they don't have a place in society they don't have a place in the home they don't have a place in the life of those whom were left under their care samson had transgressed the command of god by taking a wife from the philistines and again he ventured among them now his deadly enemies in the indulgence of unlawful passion unlawful passion here again very many men have been brought down to their knees because of unlawful passion because of unlawful passion and trusting to his great strength which had inspired the philistines with such terror he went boldly to gaza to visit a harlot of that place there are very 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 many men today whose their homes are scattered just because they went to visit a harlot in some place 
there are very men again today whose homes are just on the verge of a great fall just because they are going they are planning to go and visit a harlot they are planning to go and visit some socialite or some slave queen in the context of what we defined as socialite and slave queen is in the previous podcast so trusting to his strength which had inspired the philistines with such terror he went boldly to gaza to visit a harlot to that place and that's why it's dangerous at times to tr- to trust in our strength it is dangerous not at times it is dangerous to trust in our strength very many men have been led to waste because they trusted in their wealth they trusted in their education they trusted in their strength they trusted in their positions and today they are nowhere to be seen they are in the grave and the inhabitants of the city learned of his presence and they were eager for revenge <laughs> there are very many men whom are in illicit affairs and people are watching people are watching if you're a man and you're engaged to another man's wife maybe just like the inhabitants of the city had learned of the presence of Samson they have also learned of your presence and they are watching and that's why I watch your primetime news how many deaths occur out of love triangles people get engaged with others wife thinking that nobody is watching but people are watching and his watch has led to a lot of bloodshed in the land today so their enemy who in this case was Samson was shut safely within the walls of the most strongly fortified of all their cities they felt sure of their prey and only waited till the morning to complete their triumph question to you man consider this are you in a place whereby someone has considered you as safely shut within the walls of the most strongly and fortified of all the places and they are feeling sure of their prey and they only wait till the morning to complete their triumph don't allow the desires the passion the unlawful passions to lead you to such a point so at midnight samson was aroused the accusing voice of conscience filled him with remorse as he remembered that he had broken his vow as a nazarite very men today maybe there's a man listening to this podcast who is his conscience tells him very well that where he is heading to now is not the right place that where he plans to head to is not the right place because he knows very well that where he is going to will make him break a vow whether it be a marriage vow whether it be a vow between him and his god whether it be a vow that he had made between him and his and his and his friends that he will not walk a path of sin again he knows very well that where he is leading to is not is not right turn back turn back there's someone who walked the same path and that was Samson and his accusing voice and even you maybe your voice of conscience is filling you with remorse it has made your life bitter come unto Jesus but we find that but notwithstanding his sin God's mercy had not forsaken him the same way though your conscience is accusing you and it has filled you with remorse don't ignore that voice because god's mercy has not forsaken you god's mercy has not forsaken you the doors are always open so that you come back and have a fresh start for samson his prodigal strength again served to deliver him going to the city gate he wrenched it from its place and carried it with its posts and bars to the top on a hill on the way to hebron remember he had trusted on his strength and we have seen there's a danger of trusting in our strength and it's because he trusted in his strength 
that he led he was led from one wrong step which prepared another way for another and samson he loved a woman in the valley of sorek that is where again his problems begin he loved a woman in the valley of sorek there are married men who are listening to this podcast they love a woman in some town they love a woman in some city they love a woman in some plot they love a woman in some office and that is where their problems begin he loved a woman in the valley of sorek not far from his own birthplace her name was delilah the consumer are you in love with a consumer are you in love with a delilah and if you go and listen to our previous podcast we are talking about slay queen socialites and how they are selling womanhood we talked about delilah and how delilah was an ancient slay queen was an ancient socialite and she was a consumer there are very many men whose joy has been consumed by harlots whose joy has been consumed by women who has whose heart are not after god by in extramarital affairs that is where this is the path that samson was walking a deputation consisting of one leading man from each of the philistine provinces was sent to the vale of sorek they dared not attempt to seize him while in possession of his great strength but it was their purpose to learn if possible the secret of his power very many men have entered into a place whereby the devil is learning the secret of their power and these people they bribed delilah to discover and reveal it <laughs> delilah had been bribed mm-hmm. delilah had been bribed she loved bribes she had been bribed to discover and reveal the power of this man samson are you in a position whereby you have entered a place whereby the devil is seeking how he can seize you and he, it is his purpose to learn each and every day he learns your weak points he tries to learn the secret of your power and he will do all including bribing including bringing uh, your way people who don't fear god to persuade you to a wrong path and we find very well that three times samson had the clearest evidence that the philistines had leagued with his charmer to destroy him even you maybe this podcast is speaking to a man who has the clearest evidence that the path that is walking will destroy them but remember as we had said that god's mercy that god's mercy was always open to receive samson that god mercy had not forsaken you god's mercy has not forsaken you if only you will see the clearest evidences that the path that you are in is leading you to destruction so three times samson had the clearest evidence that the philistines had leagued with his charmer to destroy him but when her purpose failed she treated the man as a jest and he blindly banished fear a real man a real man a real man is one who will see the clearest evidences that he is just about to be destroyed that he is being charmed unto destruction how do you know you are being charmed to destruction when you are following a path that is contrary to the will of god and day by day delilah urged him until his soul was vexed unto death maybe you are speaking to a man whom someone who is not his wife day by day and look at the character of delilah day by day she did not tire there are very men who have been urged into betting day by day there are very many men who have been urged and lost 
into unloved their their time into unnecessary unnecessary mirth and revelry and they have been urged day by day until their souls have been vexed unto death we find day by day Delilah urged him until his soul was vexed, vexed unto death yet a subtle power kept him by her side <laughs> there is danger of sitting by the side of temptation of sitting by the side of sin there are very many men who day by day they are urged into drinking day by day year by year they are urged into drinking wine and their soul has been vexed unto death and yet a subtle power continues to keep them by the side of the bottle by the side of the of the of a polygamous marriage by the side of someone who is not their wife by the side of unnecessary pleasure God's mercies is still over you if only you are willing to note the clearest evidences that where you are standing you are about to destroy yourself and overcome at last Samson made known the secret he was overcome at last why was he overcome because the subtle power kept him by her side he was overcome suddenly awaking he thought to exert his strength as before and destroy them and many many a times because maybe you had money because maybe you had position your position and your money led you to places where by you are now surrounded and thinking that now you can use your money to come out thinking that now you can use your position to come out thinking that now you can use your name to come out you find that you are surrounded because suddenly awaking he thought to exert his strength and in this context here maybe your strength is your money maybe your strength is your position you have been careless with your life because of a, posi- of a position that you are, you hold you have been careless with your life because of a name that you hold you have been careless with your with your life because of of what your bank statement reads and you have entered into a place where by now you try to use that strength but it is impossible to come out suddenly awaking he thought to exert his strength as before and destroy them but his powerless arms refused to do his bidding there comes a time whereby your strength will refuse to do your bidding there are very many people whom the resources that they would have put into the cause of god they are put into a path of sin and when they'll be tired of that thinking to use the same resources to come out it will prove an impossible mission unless christ comes and that's why today we present to you the man jesus christ he was a man he was a man his mercies are always open and samson uh, suddenly awaking he thought to exert his strength as before and destroy them but his powerless arms refused to do his bidding and he knew that jehovah was departed from him as jehovah departed from you by following a path of sin have you been shaven you are not the man that the society knew you to be has the path you have taken shaven you you don't have the name that you used to have in your home has the society shaven you has the path of sin shaven you you don't have the image that you used to have he was shaven delala began to annoy him and cause him pain and many times a man because many men as we had read will always declare their goodness but maybe you enter the life whereby you are shaven your goodness is no longer seen and now the society is mocking you because the lawyer now began to annoy him and cause him pain the society is mocking you the society is causing you pain and making a trial of you making a trial of your strength 
making a trial of you, saying, look at him now. Look at him. For the Philistines dare not approach him till fully, till fully convinced that his power was gone. Then they seized him, and having put out both of his eyes, they took him to Gaza. Here he was bound with fetters in their prison house and confined to hard labor. Are you as a man, as a deadbeat man, living a life that you know is burdensome? You have been bound with the chains of sin. You have been bound with the chains of alcoholism. You have been bound with the chains of betting. You have been bound with the chains of immorality. And you know very well that I should rise out of this place and go back to the man that I used to be and reclaim my honor. Christ has stretched out his hand, reaching unto you. That's why he says, Though, though, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Are you tired with the kind of life that you are living? Come unto him and he will give you rest. And we find that in suffering and humiliation, a spot for the Philistine, Samson learned more of his own weakness than he had ever learned before. And his afflictions led him to repentance. That's why we are saying that may you allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to come unto your hand to help you learn more of your weaknesses than you have ever known before so that you can be led to repentance, so that your afflictions should lead you to repentance. And God is a merciful God. God is a merciful God. As his hair grew, his power gradually returned. And God has promised that come unto me and I'll give you rest. And in the place of that rest, he will strengthen your inner man and rekindle in you a fire and a zeal that will lead you from the pits of a deadbeat man to the pits of a man who is faithful, a man who walks in the light of his integrity. As his hair grew, his power gradually returned, but his enemies regarded him as a fettered and helpless prisoner, felt no apprehensions. And here, maybe the society look at you as a man who is lost, but you are decided to amend your ways with Jesus Christ. And not knowing what is happening in you, the society still looks at you as someone who is still helpless, as someone who is still a helpless prisoner of alcohol, as someone who, who, who feels no apprehensions. The workings of God. The workings of God. So Samson learned more of his own weakness than he had ever known before, and these afflictions led him to repentance. And that's what we are calling deadbeat men to to be led to, to repentance. And God will give you strength again. Just like he, his hair grew and his power gradually returned, so does he promise to return you to a place of honor, to a place of, neg of dignity. And in the place whereby Samson was confined, there was pomp of the sacrificial service followed by music and feasting. And remember, all these who are doing this, uh, they were the enemies of God. And some of the reasons why men have become, have become dead men is by entering into sins which are similar to what we, are, we, are, we have just said. A place where there is pomp of the sacrificial service, where there is music and feasting, and godly music. Feasting where there is no temperance. Remember Noah was a temperate man. Then as the crowning trophy of Dagon's power, Samson was brought in. Shouts of exaltation greeted his appearance. People and rulers mocked his misery and adorned the god who had overthrown the destroyer of their country. For how long will people mock you? For how people will mock your misery? For how long will people mock your misery? God 
is able to give you power to stand on your feet again. We find here that Samson, uh, that God's promise that through Samson he will begin to deliver Israel out of their hand of the Philistines was fulfilled. But how dark and terrible the record of that life which might have been a praise to God and a glory to the nation. There's a man who is listening to this episode whose life, whose life, whose purpose would have been a praise, a praise and glory to God, a glory to the family, a glory to the neighborhood, a glory to the church, but he followed the path that Samson had followed. But God's promises are ever alive. We find that Samson yielded temptation and proved untrue to his trust. Have you yielded to temptation and you are proved untrue to your trust and your mission has been fulfilled in defeat and bondage and death? But he yielded temptation and proved untrue to his trust and his mission was fulfilled in defeat, bondage and death. It was not the plan of God that his mission be fulfilled in defeat, bondage and death. Because God promises, God promised that Samson, God's promise that through Samson, he will begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines was fulfilled. Yes, it was fulfilled. Get that right. It was fulfilled, yes. But how dark and terrible the record of that life which might have been a praise to God and glory to the nation had Samson been true to his divine calling. The purpose of God could have been accomplished in his honor and exaltation. But, 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 physically, Samson was the strongest man upon the earth. But in self-control, integrity, and firmness, he was the weakest of men. He was a deadbeat man. Maybe physically, you are the strongest man in the neighborhood. But in self-control, integrity, and firmness, you are the weakest of men. Maybe when it comes to wealth, you are the wealthiest of all the men upon the earth. But in self-control and integrity, and firmness, you are the weakest of men. You are a dead, deadbeat man. Many mistake strong passions for a strong character. <laughs> strong passions are never a strong character. But the truth is that he who is mastered by his passion is a weak man. If you are mastered by your passion, you are a weak man. If you are mastered by the passion to go and drink, if you are mastered by the passion to live a life of intemperance, if you are mastered by the passion to follow after the modern day Delilahs, you are a weak man. So, the strength of a man is not in living an, uh, a polygamous life of having many wives. No, that was not the life of Manoah. He was a man. The strength of a man is not in how many bottles of beer he can, he can, he can gargle at a sitting. No, no, no. The strength of a man is in having a strong character. The real greatness of man is measured by the power of the feelings that he controls, not by those that control him. Do you have feelings that control you? Feelings that are ungodly? Do you have such feelings? Come unto Christ and he will strengthen your inner man. Let me repeat this. Physically, Samson, just like some of us, was the strongest man upon the earth. But in self-control, integrity, and firmness, he was one of the weakest men. Many mistake strong passions for a strong character. But the truth is that he who is mastered by his passions is a weak man. The real greatness of the man is measured by the power of the feelings that he controls, not by those that control him. And God's providential care had been over Samson, the way God's providential care is over a deadbeat man, that he might be prepared to accomplish the work which he was called to do. 
At every outset of life, he was surrounded by with favorable conditions for physical strength, intellectual vigor, and moral purity. But under the influence of wicked associates, he let go that hold upon God, which is man's only safeguard. Did you hear that? Do you know what is your only safeguard? Do you know what is your only safeguard? That hold upon God is your only safeguard. So God's providential care has been over you all the while. You have been prepared maybe for a work that you are called to do just because of God's mercies. And at the outset of life, he has always surrounded you with favorable conditions for physical strength, intellectual vigor, and moral purity. But under the influence of wicked associates, you have let go that hold upon God, which was your only safeguard, and you have been swept away by the tide of evil. Kindly note that those who in the way of duty are brought into trial may be sure that God will preserve them. But if men willfully place them, if men but if men willfully place themselves under the power of temptation, they will fall sooner or later. Don't place yourself under the power of temptation because you will fall sooner or later as we have seen in the life of Samson. That is our episode today. God bless you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before this wonderful evening. We are tired of a life of sin, a life of wickedness, a life whereby we are slaves of passion, a life whereby we have been a mockery to society just because as a man someone chose a path that led to one wrong which led to another wrong which led to another wrong but just like Samson prayed that these only these ones more do I call for your power we ask of heavenly father that only these ones more may you give a man that is listening to this this podcast the power to break away from the betting table the power to break away from paths that have led them to the houses of strange women the power to break away from the bottle of wine the power to break away from the chains of alcoholism the power to break away from smoking this once more, just like Samson prayed that you give him another chance that he might accomplish that which he had, he, had, he had been called upon to accomplish. We pray, Father God, that may you give strength to a man that is listening, a man whom the family is mocking as a deadbeat man, the, fam, the, the man whom the society is mocking as a deadbeat man. We pray that may you give them strength to start afresh those who have started afresh and they know that you are in them even though the society will mock them because they don't know what is what you are working in them Heavenly Father we pray that may you give them resilience may you give them power each and every day we pray that may we be men who walk in integrity and we can only walk in integrity if we follow the path that you set clearly as shown by the example of the life of Manoah men who are keepers at home Keep us at home to take care of the responsibilities that they have. Men who are willing to wake up early to go and fend 
for the family. Men who are not deadbeat, men who are not lazy, men who by the sweat of the brow, they get their bread even further. Keep us well and give us strength so that we, might, we should have the mind that Christ had. Because that is our desire. The Lord Jesus Christ will pray and believe. Amen. Amen and amen. That is our episode today. In We shall have other episodes whereby we shall continue to talk about men. God bless us all. Amen and amen.